Welcome to episode 46 of the Cincy Postcast. I am your host, Kevin Wallace. And do we have a full, full, full episode for you in part one? We're talking U.S. men's national team call-ups for two, maybe three FC Cincinnati players. We're also talking about Brenner maybe leaving a new right back, a star right back signing. Exciting stuff. We also went into the Bailey Facebook page so you don't have to. We keep you up to date on what those crazy people are up to. And the 11 out of the 18 wraps us up. And that is going to be your Sensi Postcast episode 46. Woo! Joining me to talk about all of that and even more, probably, surely, Absolutely. We don't know how to keep it short here at the postcast. We've got Grayson. We've got the chief. Chief, is the NFL rigged? The NFL selling neutral site tickets, is it rigged? I absolutely believe the NFL is rigged. Or I used to believe the NFL is rigged, but now I'm I'm changing my opinion. Because if the NFL was truly rigged, they would have allowed my hero, your hero, Thomas Edward Brady to <laughs> win in his swan song playing down in Florida. And instead, this is just season ended like a wet fart getting blown out by a very mediocre Cowboys team. And I was counting on that the NFL rigging would take place that all of a sudden <laughs> in the second half, this dull game would have turned into something worth watching. And it just, it never did. So I'm quite the opposite. I used to believe the NFL is rigged and my faith in the NFL to achieve just outcomes is no longer there. So <laughs> I, I wish the NFL was rigged. I wish. Yeah. It. I had this conversation with a coworker of mine, which is, uh, well, clearly they don't want the Bengals there because the Bengals are a small market. And I started thinking about it and said, well, the bills are also a small market. And so is Kansas city and Baltimore is not the biggest market in the U S <laughs> I started thinking they have these small markets just dominating. What, what is going on right now? Right now, so if, guess- gonna, if, if the NFL <laughs> going to be rigged, Zach Wilson wouldn't be playing quarterback for the New York Jets. Like the New York Jets right. wouldn't be a historically terrible franchise if the NFL was rigged. Like right, not at all. Right. <laughs> I my only the Chargers, thought was, the, the Los yes. Angeles Chargers wouldn't have choked to Jacksonville, which I don't know if most people have been to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you assume it's this big town because it's got an NFL team. It's not. No. Jacksonville is a really podunk town. You go and you watch television in Jacksonville. The ABC affiliate and the CBS affiliate have one newscast because the town isn't big enough to sustain a newscast <laughs> from all four major networks. Jacksonville sucks. It's a small, nothing town. And yet somehow the NFL, which everyone claims is rigged, let the Jaguars come back against Los Angeles. <laughs> right. You want to beef up that market. Grayson, Jacksonville, better or worse than Nashville? Bing. Nashville or Asheville? I'm I'm putting an in, given that we we shit talk to Nashville to death. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I've never been in Jacksonville, but I'm gonna say probably worse because you can avoid you can avoid the parts of Nashville that like really really aggressively suck. Yeah, and um, at least probably go have a have a good time. Maybe you can have a good time in Nash- in Jacksonville, but I'm I'm highly highly skeptical of 
Oh man, I'm sorry. The kinds of people that live in Jacksonville. <laughs> right, now, now here's here's where you're un, you're absolutely incorrect. Is that in order to get to the parts of Nashville that don't suck, given how bad traffic is in Nashville, you've got to drive every bit of 20 to 30 minutes to get to the parts that don't suck. If you drive 20 to 30 minutes in Jacksonville, you're at the beach, and yes, it's impossible to have a bad time at the beach shitty beach i'm it's sure it's all, a shitty beach no, all beaches are phenomenal if you bring a cooler with beer every beach is fantastic <laughs> as long as you're getting drunk on the beach east coast east coast beaches are far far inferior to especially uh, uh west coast beaches you know north, what east coast north you know florida what, oh real rocky you know what you know what east coast beaches have over west coast beaches is that I can drive to an East Coast beach from Jacksonville in 30 minutes. I can be to an East Coast beach <laughs> from Cincinnati in like 10 hours. I don't know. You got a legion. It's like 50 bucks. Can, Maybe you can get be, there. I can, I can take a direct flight from, from Delta to uh, uh, Los Angeles. That takes less than 10 hours. And then once I get to the airport, I'm like 20 minutes away from Hermosa right. Beach. But, but I can take 10 flights to Jacksonville for the cost of one flight to Los Angeles. That's 10 trips that's to not, the beach. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to be wearing your swimsuit and carrying your beach towel around your waist in order to save the baggage fees, but you can make it happen. You could, you could maybe get that that class on Spirit Airlines that where you're standing. Yes, yeah. you get a bike sheet and they just strap you, know you. They strap you to the, the the bathroom door. But you know what the great part about 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 Jacksonville, Florida is about that part of Florida is that if you board the flight wearing a t-shirt, flip flops, and a swimsuit. That can be your dinner attire, your swimming attire, your breakfast attire, and your sleeping attire when you're down in Florida. You can just you that, basically wear an entire. You can dress like you can dress like that literally anywhere. This is America, this is, damn this it! Is, this is 2023. This is, this people, this is, this is 2023 post COVID. There are no uh, there are no uh, dress codes anywhere except social for like norms court. and like barely in court because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure in court. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in court, if you're wearing a nice swimsuit, that counts as business attire. <laughs> or, or, or if you're going as a cat, you can say, well, I'm just a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I love about Jacksonville, it's, it's not unlike San Antonio, where it's a big city only because through some miracle of local government, they've managed to claim every single outlying community as being in their city. So if you look at like San Antonio's metro population versus city population, they are exactly the same. There is no metro population. The city limits encompasses all everything and that is jacksonville yes there's a small core downtown but imagine i don't know everything from here until like zanesville being cincinnati and that's what jacksonville did just a, a big marker in that that corner that elbow of florida um that's kind of how columbus is too yeah and actually columbus, yes <laughs> columbus is a pretty high ratio of city population the metro area but that's because so it's only there because someone like drew a circle on a map in the middle of the state. There's right. nothing like there's nothing that draws you to Columbus. There's no ports. There's no like important natural features. It was just a plot of flat land that was basically was, equal diving dis driving distance right. from you know everyone else in the state. The dead center of the state. It's like, well, we'll put our capital here. It's like, well, we already have a state capital. Yes. But that state capital is very far away from Cleveland, and that from won't the do. Middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they have two incredibly unimpressive rivers in Columbus. Okay, not not a lot of commerce happening, but technically checks the box. Um, I've driven on Olentangy River Road many times. 
I could not tell you if I've ever actually seen the Olentangy River. <laughs> I mean, is it visible from like anywhere? I think if you stand at the top of that old Navy shopping center that's right there, I think you can see the river if you're up there. Otherwise, you need a good rainstorm and a couple of gutters pointing in the right direction, and you can claim a river. No, what Jacksonville, uh, <laughs> what Jacksonville really is, is it's a testament to the fact that if there is a professional sports team in your city, it instantly makes it seem way more big time than it really yes. is. Like, because yes. everyone just assumes, oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville's probably got a lot going on. Same thing with like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Green Bay, Wisconsin is basically like what? Like the aforementioned Zanesville, except it has a giant football stadium in the middle of it yes. and the Packers play there. But if you put a sports team anywhere, all of a sudden people are like, oh, that place has it going on. That's a That's a major city. Well, you know, I actually, um, so when I was in Breckenridge last weekend, I was sitting on a ski lift next to a Brazilian guy Schnarf. and I was, <laughs> I was talking to him and, um, you know, he knew about Cincinnati because of Brenner. That's Wait, amazing. <laughs> he was aware, he was aware of, you know, Brenner being a Sao Paulo player and being kind of a pretty guy, pretty big guy. And I also said, oh, we have another Brazilian, uh, Sergio Santos. And he said, I, I don't know him. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not big back home <laughs> look, i know this is an fc cincinnati podcast and i understand that we're speaking to soccer fans but i think that if you said oh we have a sports star in cincinnati named brenner i think the overwhelming response you would get in north america is oh yeah joe brenner i loved him at lsu <laughs> yes i also think even internationally you got a better chance of burrow being recognized than any fc cincinnati player uh maybe outside of brenner in brazil but you tell somebody in i don't know india about nick Hagland or matt miazga or right, lucho so, so this is a really this is a really weird tangent who do you think globally is the most famous player that has ever played for cincinnati and when i say globally I mean, mm. the sheer raw number of people that know who this person is in the history of FC Cincinnati, because I know my answer. I've got two answers. Okay. The first answer is Ledesma, because he's played for so many goddamn teams that there are enough soccer fans in the world who have recognized him for having played. But my real answer would be Justin Hoyt, part of that Arsenal team, the uh, the Invincibles. I feel like no. he's, the, no. he's the highest profile. I, I don't know. Um, I don't have I don't have an answer, but I can tell you the the guys I'm thinking about. I thought about Hoyt. Um, but he was a very, very bit player yes, on those invincibles. So there's like no chance that like people outside of, you know, England really knew who he was. Um, Sim de Jong played a lot of places and was kind of a big player. <gasps> I know who Chief's uh, going to say, but I won't say it. <laughs> Jurgen Lacadia was, was kind of a big player. Uh, but I'm going to go with Josu. Yep. There yes. we are. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Yes. There's a billion people in India. In India. Yeah. <laughs> the entire state of Kerala knows him yeah. and maybe worships, worships right. him. Like, there were like a million people that followed the Kerala Blasters Twitter account, and everyone. <laughs> One of them just kept tweeting at FC Cincinnati to let Joe Sue come back to India by raw yeah. number. He has to be the most famous person to ever play for this club. If I remember correctly, that is the most supported team in India and is like the most soccer 
I don't know, obsessed state in India. It's like the one pocket of India where the sport is really taken off, caught on, however you want to call it. And yeah, they fucking loved that guy. So but I, he went I back about, and played for him. I thought about bringing this up uh, when we had on, um, we had on Jimmy and Michael last week for the Cincy mm. SC, that if you really wanted this tournament to take off, globally you <laughs> gotta Su. sign joe sue and you gotta <laughs> you gotta have joe sue record a message to all of his fans back at Kerala blasters and i guarantee <laughs> you that these people will watch this <laughs> oh man i bet i bet you'd have a big contingent of Kerala blasters fans showing up at Cary, north carolina yeah Oh, that'd be great. Uh, a, uh, a a listener pointed out on the Discord, by the way, we have a Discord server, uh, pointed out on the Discord, uh, Nazmi Abadawi, native, well, not a native, but hometown in the U.S. of Cary, North Carolina. I believe he's a native. Is he? Na- okay, his parents immigrated. Sorry. Yeah. I had to really think about he what I was has, saying there. He has eligibility for, for Palestine, yes. but I believe... I wasn't Nazi sure if he was, was born, born. I believe he was born and raised uh, in the U.S. in North Carolina. Okay, perfect. Well, assuming he's back home in his hometown, he's right there, guys. <laughs> Give him a call. There you go. Um, should we talk about FC Cincinnati? There's a fair what? amount of news this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we didn't turn off everyone with all that Jacksonville talk at the start of the podcast. <laughs> Your number one source. Your number one source for Duval County news, (laughs) (laughs) and not one good place mentioned. Damn, Um, FC Cincinnati. A lot of news. We got to start with this one. U.S. Men's National Team comes calling, and we did it. We We got it. We did it. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. We got him. Brandon Vasquez has finally received his national team call up. You heard it here first. We were officially the first place that was advocating for this. Uh, he said jokingly in an interview to uh, was it Spanish television, at least in a Spanish interview, uh, he was watching the World Cup and he couldn't help but notice both Mexico and the United States could have used a striker. He was sitting at home. So glad we, we finally fixed that. And then. A little bit of curveball, according to our own Twitter poll. Most of most of the post followers weren't expecting this. Roman Celentano, haters, <laughs> losers and haters. If you voted no on Roman Celentano to the U.S. Men's National Team, you are a loser and a hater, and there are many of you. In fairness, we did ask for a prediction, but I don't think we've converted enough people that you need to predict for what you want because you don't get any points for predicting right you against people, yourself. You people need to read the secret. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you manifest it, man. You think. Yes. Like, I've been thinking Roman to the national team for, for I don't know, God, six months. Yeah. First, <laughs> I mean, look, look, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, cards on the table. Every time an American steps steps on the field for FC Cincinnati, I'm thinking, when's this guy going to appear for the national team? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the second we saw Roman Celentano in goal uh, at that, I think his first start was the Open Cup. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, this guy's this guy's going places. Um, but you know, Chief, his Chief has been pushing it. You know, on Twitter yeah. this whole time, we've been we've been asking for it and. It's extremely, extremely deserved when you look at the pool that not not just when you look at, you know, it's a limited camp, but also if your goal here is we're identifying like who are the young guys we're trying to trying to build behind the current crop of 
uh, mainstays. Yeah. Who's who's proved who's who has proved more in I would say the young crop of goalkeepers in the United States than Roman Celentano. Right. I, I firmly believe, sorry, Chief, I'm going to cut you off here real fast. I've, I've been saying it the whole time, I thought Celentano was a much better goalkeeper than uh, Selena from Chicago. Obviously, he's younger and maybe has better, you know, measurables in some areas. But he looked, Celentano looked like the better keeper all year. When we played Chicago, he didn't look great. The one game we got him, then he was hurt. So, yeah, sorry, Chief, continue. No, it's... I said this online today, and I, I firmly believe this is true, that when you watch a team on a daily basis, a lot of times you get dulled to what's happening with your players. That, oh, mm -hmm. I just see them, they're good. I see the natural progression. And you have to take a step back. And when you take a step back and look at Roman Celentano, which is why I thought the, do you think he's going to be called up? I was like, these people are crazy. This vote is crazy. In that what Roman Celentano did for FC Cincinnati this year is incredible. Outright incredible. You look at goalkeeper as a position. Um, spoiler alert, goalkeeper is an old position. It's a position yeah. for older players. It's a position where there is just a conventional wisdom that you need a little bit of gray in the beard. You need to have some minutes under your belt before you truly understand the Zen art of keeping. Um, how to manipulate your back line, how to move on from mistakes, all these things that like youth doesn't serve you well in this position. And Roman Celentano walked off uh, the Indiana soccer team, was a super draft pick, and within a month was the starting goalkeeper for an MLS team. And, you know, you know, credit was pointed out online. Yeah, he got that job not because Khan was terrible. Khan was playing well. He just got hurt. But the important thing is that Celentano took that position and never gave the coaches a reason to turn to anyone else. Yeah. He had the confidence on the field of his teammates. He had the confidence of the coaching staff. And he did that with under a couple hundred minutes to his credit by the time he became the entrenched number one keeper for an MLS playoff side that saw its defense get better as the year went out. Yeah. Um, just it's tremendously impressive that a kid his age went and just grabbed the position just directly by the balls and didn't let it go. And yeah, that's the energy I want on the national team. What makes someone a national team player? There's a lot of good soccer players in this country. But what I want for the national team is I want guys who are killers, who when they get an opportunity, they grab it, they take full advantage of it, and they don't let go. And just yeah. the attitude alone is awesome. And then you put in there this stellar play on the field for the first time that there was a playoff run in this club's history. Yeah. Shoo natural. He should have been on more radars as the season went along. And this isn't a surprise to me. It shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone else. You know, um, to put a little bit in perspective of how young he still is, uh, FC Cincinnati drafted a goalkeeper in the second round of this draft, this past draft. Uh, that guy is a, approximately two years older than Roman Zalantino. <laughs> Damn. And I'm not saying like, like goalkeepers, you can, it's fine if you're, you know, 24 years old and, and so he goes, I'm not saying he's, you know, not going to be right. an MLS player or anything. Right. But I think it just puts in perspective, like how impressive what Roman has done, how impressive it was 
what Roman accomplished this past season, especially when you consider, you know, the history of the team and the yes. fact that when he was starting, that was still before Obi got here. That was yep. obviously before Miazga got here. Um, so he was starting games like with Tyler Blackett in the, in the starting lineup with like serious well, minutes. I mean, I, I, yeah, but like, Taylor Blackett, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then immediately losing Matarita and trying to still work through the, the left-back issues for sure. And then, again, think about the context of the last two seasons uh, for FC Cincinnati. You guys got, uh, got guys like Teton and Vermeer who are, you know, just like – classic titans of their position we're getting call-ups to the dutch national team at different points of their career and we're just like or polish and and dutch national team uh just like incredible uh careers for these guys i think it was tim howard said like a professional keeper isn't usually trusted until they face 1500 shots it's like seven seasons of like in the reserve leagues or something like just taking shots and uh yeah roman just steps up uh and turned what was a historically awful position for FC Cincinnati but the between Teton and Vermeer the last two years before uh 2022 just the worst goalkeeping MLS has ever put out in two years and to have that completely flip on its head with a a young player like him and again one that came out of the draft wasn't on youth national team radars Roman said I think it was to Laurel in an interview that um no youth, no U.S. soccer coach had ever reached out to him before this call-up. He, he was just absolutely not on anybody's radar. So really, really awesome. And that's, I mean, it's kind of old news at this point because it's been expected for so long. But Brandon Vasquez finally getting the call-up. He does not go with Mexico. It's not even clear. I don't think Mexico ever called him up. I don't know if Mexico does a January camp like the U S does, but it doesn't sound like Mexico ever got in touch with him. Uh, I know Grayson, I'm hoping you looked into this. I believe this will soft cap him, but can you explain what will happen here once we have him? So I don't think that this call up really does anything. Okay. Um, Because I think he was already tied to the United States based on appearing in official competition at youth levels. Because if you appear, if you appear at an official competition at any level, you are quote unquote tied to that, to that federation. Gotcha. Okay. And there's a, there's a bunch of rules that would allow you to switch federations uh, if you want and um you know one of those is you've only been fielded in official competition at youth level um and you already held the nationality you want to switch to um you've only been fielded in official competition at youth level and um you're you did not hold the new nationality but the last official match was before you were 21. so that first one would really describe um brandon still yeah is that he's never been um, fielded in the official competition. And one of the roster rule, one of the rule, not a roster rule change, but one of the rule changes from FIFA, I think two years ago, Mm -hmm. was if you appear in up to three competitions at senior level, regardless of whether they were 
um, friendlies or competitive, but one of them has to, I think one of them has to be competitive okay. for this rule to matter. But if you only, if you've only appeared in three, um, counting both competitive and friendly, but they were all before you're 21, you were 21 and three, it's been three years since your last cap. Ah, you can okay. fi- you can file a switch, but that rule is not going to apply to Brandon here because he's already over 21. Right. And he has not appeared in any official competitions. So he's not going to be tied right. to the United States until he appears in official competition because he um, he's always been a dual citizen of the United States and Mexico. Right. So he's with the U.S. until he files paperwork to move to Mexico or to to transfer to Mexico. And once he does that, it's set. There's no transferring back. If he appears for Mexico. Can you transfer back? You can file the papers and then uh, then file them again. Okay. All right. If you haven't haven't appeared. That's that's how I read the FIFA rule. Okay. Is it better to be the team that starts him first, where there's always the existential threat that he could go to Mexico? Or is it the team that has him that like to be the second team where it's like, oh yeah, like we can constantly be whispering in his ear, you know, we would right. we would use you better. <laughs> like you're you're wasting away on the bench there. Come come file your paperwork and come hang out with us for a little bit. Yeah. There's actually a fun test case for that. Or not maybe not test case is the right word, but there's actually a funny example on the January camp roster of uh, Alejandro Zendejas. That's right. Yes. Because he appeared with youth national teams with the United States. He's been playing professionally down in Mexico. Mexico called him up, I think last year. Yeah. At a friendly. And he apparently refused to sign the uh, one time. He was like with the Mexican national team and refused to sign the one time switch uh, paperwork and so I don't think he actually appeared for Mexico. So he has never switched. Huh. And so he's hmm. still he's still tied. He's still tied to us. And he's, so uh, he's like- in this roster right now. I don't know. Somebody must have given him a call. Like I've heard he's friend. I've heard he's really good buddies actually with uh, Pulisic. And See, I think also also Brandon maybe because they were they were in the youth national teams together. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I want the player in my camp so he becomes friends with all these guys, and so there's so much peer pressure that he would have to almost like give up a certain friend group to go play for a rival in particular with Mexico. It'd be one thing to go play for like Italy or Japan or you know somewhere where See, you're not gonna now, have a lot of crossover. Now, now all I'm picturing <laughs> is that scene in the Mighty Ducks. Where they yes. find out that Adam Banks should have been playing <laughs> right. for District Five the entire time, and th- th- his dad's like, "Look at me, he is a hawk. All his little friends are hawks." <laughs> and you That's want exactly him to be what a you duck? want. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you want. You want that peer pressure. I mean, apparently, allegedly, uh, Pulisic's friendship with Haji Wright is what ultimately got Haji Wright into the World Cup. So, like. Sometimes those relationships can go above and beyond. (laughs) And then you know what happens? It's just the natural circle of life is that all these friendships happen on these teams. They keep the teams together. They build great chemistry. And then you have that sort of golden generation that comes through. And then in the friend group, somebody sleeps with a friend's wife. And that screws everything up. And then then 20 years later, all these people are running U.S. soccer and giving their their friends jobs all the time. And their kids jobs and 
it just keeps the cycle moving along. And this is just the way of things for U.S. soccer. And I love it. It is incredible, though, how many players from the, like, let's say, Pulisic, Vasquez, McKenney age teams. Yeah. Youth teams. How many of those turned into, like, pretty good and successful professional players? Because if you, if, you, if you do the exercise and you, like, go back, like, to – uh, U.S. Youth World Cup rosters yeah. of like past years. It is it is wild how there will be like maybe like two three guys from that team who you still know about or who yes. turned into you know like Decent real pros. Yeah. Um, but but the, those teams that Brandon and and Christian and them were on. Um, you have somebody like Johnny Nelson who was on those teams who's like the closest thing to a failure where on past teams, he would be like one of the better players, right? Like one of the guys who actually panned out, right? right? Cause he's, cause he's still playing professionally. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over this because we talked about Roman a lot, but it's cool. This is cool for Brandon. Yeah. I think we are all in agreement and it's kind of why there's not a lot of, not a lot of hot takes flowing right now. This should have happened six months ago yep. and yep. he should have been in the mix for the world cup. He should have been on that world cup roster and this very much feels like better late than never, but it doesn't undo the fact that it was a major mistake to have left him off for this long and just good on Brandon and even better on the fact that it's given him a chance to talk up the club a little bit and yeah. apparently tell everyone how much he loves Cincinnati and how much he loves what we're building here, <laughs> which directly into my veins. This is the content um, I want. I want Joe Burrow saying he never wants to leave Cincinnati. I want Brandon Vasquez talking about how much he loves it here. I want to hear good things about us. Yeah, I'm going to read this quote because um, I actually got somebody reach out to me today and asked me if it was fake. <laughs> like somebody, somebody thought that somebody thought that like I mean, fair, fair enough, right? Right. But somebody yeah, thought that I like is, made this up us. and put right. it out there. Um, but this comes from an article by Charles Bohm on MLSsoccer.com, um, and Brandon had this to say. I'm happy where I'm at with Cincinnati. I love the coaching staff. I love the teammates. I'm very comfortable. And I think we could win this. I we could win it all this year. So yeah, I wanted to see what Cincinnati, what the best move for me is. And we thought it was to stay. You'll love it. You mm. love to see it. You love to see it. My two years ago, you think you're hearing about this and you're happy to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you're hearing about a player saying and you're happy yeah. right, two years right. ago it's like wait Brandon Vasquez right <laughs> the guy the, we the got for, <laughs> for chump change yeah right. oh my gosh I mean he really has put it all together and I know I, I've been asked this before it's like are you hyping up Brandon because he's an FC Cincinnati player do you really think he could improve the U.S. men's national team this past season proved he has a skill set that this national team really needs. Somebody who is a versatile attacker up top and a big body. That's something Ricardo Pepe and Jesus Ferreira can't offer you. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he can succeed and do well. And I would love to see him in a Gold Cup or a Copa America. I think I think he could do very, very well here. Would, would I have been would I have been so aggressively behind Vasquez to the national team if he wasn't an FC Cincinnati player? Probably not. Um, but would I have been so aggressively behind Vasquez to the national team if I didn't think he absolutely deserved call-ups this summer and this fall and deserved right. to be in consideration for the World Cup team and deserved 
to be on that roster and actually could have made the United States national team better on the field at the world cup. No. So like, yeah, yes. Like it's both is true. Are we hyping him up because he's an FC player? Yeah. Are Absolutely. we hyping him up because you think he makes it, he would make the national team better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I said it on Twitter. Miazga got snubbed and I know that's because his hip doesn't work, but he got snubbed. All right. I wanted him to be an asterisk and they put it at the bottom, like would have come up, but medical concerns. I don't know something. I want to, I want to know that. (laughs) I want it to be very clear. There's probably recordings on this podcast of me asking unironically for Jeff Cameron to be added to the world cup roster last year. I mean, <laughs> he he wouldn't have hurt as it turns out. <laughs> I mean, his role was taken by Tim Ream, which was like the veteran who's used to playing at the high level. And it turns out that was the absolutely right call because Tim Ream was an absolute stud back there. So th- this is also something that I've, I don't know if I've talked about it like on this podcast specifically, but it's something that I was most excited about with FC Cincinnati joining MLS is seeing players that play in Cincinnati also playing for the U S men's national team. Yeah. And it, this is, this is the first time that it's happened. It's okay. real. Yeah. I know because <laughs> when, when Greg Garza was pulled, was, was pulled, was, was called up. He had not kicked a ball in an FC Cincinnati Jersey once in his life. Yeah. Um, and then Frankie, we all know Frankie was called up, but that doesn't count for a bunch of reasons. Primarily because he, you know, didn't get to go. He didn't get to he, play in a game, let alone practice. Yeah, he, he didn't. He never even got to camp. He got. He got. He got COVID, and you know, wasn't able to go. So, so for me, this this is the first time, right? And hopefully, the first. Hopefully, the first of of many. And uh, Frankie wasn't called up this time, so. Not going great, Frank. Maybe maybe he should have apologized. How about that, Frankie? Mm, or at least thanked the fans. Uh, <laughs> well, not U.S. men's national team news. Uh, maybe in Colombian national team news, and I know they are playing the U.S. in the friendly. Uh, Santiago Arias. Am I saying that right? I think it's Arias. Um trialing with FC Cincinnati. His photo was taken at practice. I think that was a club's, uh, FC Cincinnati's new uh, photographer or some some media person was just posting some practice photos that got noticed. And, I'm uh, not sure where that came from, but yeah. on, on Extra Time, they said it was on actually Angulo's social media. Hmm, okay. Um. But so I don't know if that I don't know if that's right or not. But yeah, I know I know I didn't see the I didn't see the picture until FC Horsey Boys posted it. Right, which well done. Well Noticing done. that and and making the immediate comparison, it was the exact same, perfectly quaffed hair uh, from from the Colombian. Um, he is a right back. At uh, one point, would have been considered uh, one of the big, promising, up and coming uh, attacking right backs. Uh, really made a name for himself at PSV. Although he also came up in Sporting's uh, system as well. But PSV is where he. Made made a real impact, uh, made a big money move to Atletico Madrid, 11 million pounds. Other than Brenner, I think he would be the player that we, assuming we signed him, I think he'd be the player with the highest transfer fee to have come to FC Cincinnati. I think 11 million pounds is 
What Lucadia? Oh, yeah, Lucadia had like a twenty million euro. Yeah, he was, right, he was Brighton's record transfer. Good call. Good call. But the eleven eleven million pounds, especially then, probably more than thirteen million dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat not doing so hot against the dollar, and it needs to keep not doing so hot. Just a few more months longer. That would be that'd be great. That was uh, 2018. He moves to Atletico Madrid, where things didn't quite go according to plan. He had back-to-back devastating injuries where he fractured his fibula. A bunch of ligaments were torn. Uh, he moved to, uh, he went out on loan uh, to Bayer Leverkusen, where he just basically, I don't think, ever played. He might have gotten, yeah, I'm looking right now, one appearance. That's all he got there. Uh, and then he went to Granada where he has had 12 appearances last season just again his ankle was bothering him he's been released of his contract he's a free agent apparently his agent was shopping him around Europe and pops up in an FC Cincinnati training photo Grayson how I mean kind of a weird thing for him to be training here are we expecting him to sign and should we have already expected him to have signed yeah, I mean that's that's the question, right? Because right. when I when I when I saw the picture on social media about um, that that showed him in training, and then we saw all the, all the journalists confirm that he's been training with FC Cincinnati, I thought, why would a player of this caliber fly all the way to Cincinnati unless you know? the deal was basically done or at least terms were understood and he just had to go through a couple of training sessions and a physical right? Right. Um, like it felt like we were doing, you know, kind of just formalities. Yeah. The due um, diligence that, is being checked off yeah. at that point. And then I figured, okay, well, we'll hear about the signing on Tuesday or Wednesday. And we haven't heard, we haven't heard anything. <laughs> we, haven't heard, we haven't heard anything new uh, about him at all i mean maybe he gets announced tomorrow thursday maybe he gets announced friday maybe he gets announced like two weeks from now who right. knows maybe he just goes away and the team never never tweets about him again <laughs> and um but you know it it feels like good right because yeah. it's it's absolutely a position of need um you have his you have his pedigree i mean injury is really why it didn't work out work out for him yeah um at those um at those big teams and he's still got 54 appearances for colombia yeah I mean, that's legitimate that's right huge. like it's it is it is hard to 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 beat the colombian national team right as far as like like this is a real this guy's a baller yeah right? unless you that's work like, for the colombian government yeah that's true <laughs> um uh so um uh, and is obviously a position of need. Uh, and you can, I assume, you know, the injury risk would be priced in essentially, right? right. Which is the only reason he would be willing to talk to us is right. because he's not commanding huge salaries on the market because of his injury history. But these aren't like soft tissue injuries, right? He had like a broken bone. Yeah, it's a broken bone. So, and then the ligaments around that bone were damaged because of the same crushing uh, movement there. Chief, this gets you excited? High caliber uh, right back? It gets me excited for the same reason it gets Grayson excited, just because you look at the guy's, the back of his baseball card, and it's like, okay, 
These are high. These are you're not talking about, you know, the lower level of any European league. You're talking about Atletico. You're talking about, you know, he went to Leverkusen on loan. Yeah, I don't even play there, but that's still like it's Leverkusen. That's not they wanted. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's not nobody um, coming through PSV. It's um, to me, this entire situation screams that we love the guy's makeup in terms of the skill set and everything, but we need to see him in action and let our medical staff see him in action to determine whether or not he's actually healthy enough to play. And it's one of those things where when a guy like him ends up in MLS, that tells me that probably, and again, this isn't anything I've heard. I'm just connecting dots here that they did their due diligence. And the people in Europe were like, we're not that interested because he's pretty seriously screwed up. And his agent is shopping him around and they're like, okay, well, maybe we can see something that their doctors aren't, or maybe we're willing to take a little more risk on a player like this because we've got the space and the upside is so high. And so you fly him out here, you see him in live practice. And the fact that he's actually training tells me he's at least good enough and he's received some medical clearance by someone to be engaging in soccer related activities. And I think the only reason why you wouldn't hear any more about this is that he ran around and they were like, nope, shot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hopeful. Is the, How do I feel about this? I'm hopeful because if you're going to succeed in MLS, you occasionally need to hit big on a transfer or a signing that ends up punching above its weight in terms of salary. And this is a player where it's obviously would be on some kind of a mid-tier money deal, maybe a TAM type deal. And you need, if you can get the quality of a Colombian national team player on a TAM deal at a position of need, of course you should go look at that. Of course you should try to see if you can make that work. Yeah, and, you know, like he did play 88 minutes for Granada on May 15th of of last year. Um, He was not, like, he was injured a lot of that season. And it looks like even when he was not injured, he was more of a sub, but... You know, like Miasco wasn't getting any games at Alaves, really. And we all saw how good he was coming into uh, Major League Soccer, you know. And um, other guys like Alex Callens couldn't get a game in La Liga. Yeah. Um, And now he's going back after, you know, basically being the best defender in Major League Soccer last year. So Carlos um, Heal, Shaq Moore, similar stories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even with his injury and let's say, even if he's not, if he's lost a step, right. Um, there are some things though, that he would bring to the team, kind of like the things that Jeff Cameron brought to the team. Yeah. Right. Like that experience, that knowledge of the game, um, and, you know, having played, having defended again at the very highest level against the absolute best players in the world. Um, it's, I, I think it's, if the, if the money makes sense on the budget, it just feels like a risk worth taking because if it doesn't pan out, you still have Alvis Powell, you know? Right. That's the right. thing. We're, we're well-equipped in that position. You have Alvis Powell, uh, Isaiah Foster, Barial, even Ray Gaddis hanging around. Um, I mean, if those were our fullbacks, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So yeah, he, he would absolutely be a luxury here. 
I think it's interesting. I mean, given his injury history, he's 31 years old. I'm going to assume he has lost his top end speed. Would again kind of suggest a 4-4-2? They want to stay at home right back instead of somebody that they're looking to have attacking. Although his reputation when he was uh, doing very well, especially at PSV, was to be an attacking right back. So... Maybe maybe they're trying to revive that a little bit, but that that was something that uh, that caught my eye as well there. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like like we all said, kind of weird that hasn't been announced yet. If he shows up in more training photos, I uh, think it's a done deal. If we don't see him ever again, uh, say maybe he had a week here and he didn't pass the test. I'll also say this. This is the kind of signing that if Nykamp was making it, I'd be way the fuck out on. But I trust Albright here. Like, <laughs> I think the difference is I think the difference is Albright just would have signed him. I mean, that's the yeah. history of Albright is that this is Kamahilo Makocho, where he didn't come in on trial. They just offered him a million dollar deal, and it For turned Nye out Camp. he couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he couldn't run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that that was exactly what I was thinking of. Was we we brought in a guy who was completely broken, and uh, he never got better. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of Nykamp's guys and offering contracts, Brenner on the uh, on the uh, the offer table. I guess I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. I don't know how to, a good way to say the trade block. I don't know. It feels weird. There's activity surrounding Brenner. Yeah, I don't want to... situation. <laughs> the, the buying and selling of people in soccer, I feel like the language is used a little too cavalier sometimes. No. Oh, uh, my hates when I say it. She, she's always like, she's like, I really wish she would stop saying that. His <laughs> contract like, well, we this was guy, sold. We sold this guy. Yeah, right. I don't know how, how to better phrase it. Um, his rights were bought? I don't know. Anyway, um... Brenner has been, uh, I guess, publicly, an offer has been made public is the way to to frame it. Uh, Udinese in Italy has offered a $9 million transfer fee with, was it 20% trade on or sell on fee on top of that to FC Cincinnati for Brenner's services. Uh, Worth noting, it's the same ownership group that owns Watford. Uh, That is a deep pocketed ownership group and could maybe offer a current career path to Brenner to the Premier League, if that is something he was interested in. It's the first time we've seen a real money offer since a apparent loan deal uh, back to Brazil at the start of the season last year. Um, Tom Bogert reporting he expects Brenner to be sold this window. Chief, you buying that? You think Brenner's out of here? I think Brenner's out of here. I just don't think it's this window. I, ah. I just I think it's just a question of I think that they we're getting late in the window right now. I think as we sit here and record, there's about two weeks left in the mm-hmm. window. So there is probably enough time to push a deal out. But unless Albright literally has somebody willing to hit pen to paper, it would mean going into the season probably without someone on that last DP spot and looking till the um, the summer window to make the replacement. I think what is probably exponentially more likely is that they are soliciting bids for Brenner and shopping Brenner with the idea that he will be available in the summer when he'll be out here to help get this team off to a fast start. And then they'll be looking to sell him around that uh, that League's Cup break 
when they can sort of reset, get another player in here ahead of time. Or conversely, I, it also wouldn't shock me as well as if they, they, they wait to sell Brenner, they sell him in August and with an idea that he's loaned back to FC Cincinnati to finish the year out. Mm. Um, everything I have heard is that this club is all in right now, like beyond all in, that they believe that they have a window to win MLS Cup this year. And the only reason to sell Brenner right now is that you really feel like he's going to fall off a cliff. So I don't know. Maybe he showed up in Florida and they just don't like what they're seeing from his attitude or they don't like how he's training at this, ver- this instance. That would be just rank speculation. But the only reason to sell him right now is that you've gotten some indication that the wheels are going to fall off in short order. In absence of evidence yeah. that that's happening, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Brenner's going to do anything to hurt his to hurt his value. And I mean, like, I don't mean, I mean, I, I don't have any reason to believe he's, you know, being a locker room cancer. So I don't want to, I don't want to think like I'm, I'm, I'm speculating that. But what I mean is like, I think Brenner with a full preseason is going to come out of the gates hitting. And so I think based on his play, we should expect his value to go up by the summer, by the end of the season. Um, this Udinese offer feels like smoke to attract more smoke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's not clear to me that the offer is, is, is much of anything new uh, because the, the number reported was by, by Tom Bogert was $9 million, including add-ons, which, what does that mean? That is Does weird. it mean like $5 million? And then if he hits certain things, you get another four. Um, so I don't know. And like this time last year, the, the, the offers we were hearing for Brenner were in that like five to 7 million range. So right. this may not even be when new they say, or better, right? When they say nine, reported differently. When they say 9 million, could it mean that that's 9 million in profit to FCC? And they're already saying, but plus add-ons would be, that the club is also there's more money coming in to pay Sao Paulo because they still Sao Paulo still gets what 20% of because yeah, there's right like because we're talking like there's an add-on for the this sale but then the next sale FC Cincinnati will get an add-on and I, I just don't it like the numbers don't make sense it's all kind of whose line is it anyway <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't match my understanding of how that term is typically used okay I think I think of add-ons as incentives essentially where if certain things are hit, the the price goes up. Yeah, like appearances you know? or goals or yeah. something. Yeah. To, to, your, um, to, your, to your bigger point, though, the idea that the number is out there publicly, the only reason this number is out there publicly is that someone thought they would benefit from this number getting out there publicly. And the group that makes the most sense for being the source of this is FC Cincinnati. Yes, absolutely. Letting it be known yeah. what right. the offer was <laughs> to sort of like, hey, Maybe somebody wants to offer more, or hey, we're we're listening right now. Yeah. And the maybe number, maybe Brenner's yeah. camp leaked it, but yeah, the number was also reported in like the most favorable light to FC Cincinnati. Yeah, right, because <laughs> you you report the like after add on number and the twenty percent sell on to to FC Cincinnati. It's kind of like how with these MLS transactions, like the Junior Moreno deal, I think. You know, FC Cincinnati says we traded $150,000 in GAM for him, and DC says they've received up to $300,000 of GAM. 
Right. Right. You know, right. like, and not only that, but like, reports, yeah. No, not only that, but like Brenner's, like, why, why would Brenner's camp be out there leaking a number that was less than what he signed here for? Like, if you're his agent, you would want to tout that, oh, his value is going up. Right. I don't know that you would be real excited to be like, well, we sold him to FC Cincinnati for 13 million. And look at this. <laughs> now he's worth nine. It's like that doesn't put your client in a favorable light to release yeah. that information. Well, I guess look at, look at how it was done last year, right? Yeah. How it was done last year was that he was requesting a yeah, transfer, the thing. right? And the, and the information, there was more the information was provided that like there's multiple teams interested and based on certain destinations, FC Cincinnati could even get their money back. Like it was like, yeah, it was reported, I think, with more urgency and desperation. Compare last year, yeah, compare this the, year. Compare the Brenner story here with the Lucho story, and it gives you a good example of what it looks like when the anonymous sources from one side of the coin versus the other. Whereas Lucho's was, well, there's clubs in all these countries that are looking to sign him, and Lucho's exploring his options. Like SEC isn't going to say our player is exploring his options and isn't sure if he wants to turn up at camp. That would be a weird thing for the uh, for the club to be leaking out. So. That's good. Maybe we should write an article at some point. I mean, I could just end the sentence there, but maybe we should write an article someplace about how to read a transfer rumor story. And it's like, if you see language that says this, it's probably coming from this side of it. If you see this, it probably means that. I think that would be useful for people. I think what what, what we could do, and maybe I'll get around to doing it, I don't know, um, is uh, write the same transfer rumor story from a different if it if a different anonymous source had leaked it from the buying club which i think would be an interesting flavor the selling club and the player i think that would be the player's camp right yeah number four has got to be the post um (laughs) when we have a really really shaky source as to why this player may be on the move and we're really trying to hedge our bets on it. That's actually useful. The uh, the rumor mongers. The, uh, <laughs> it's where you you think of something that makes so much sense that you report it as if it's a thing you you think you know. That's always great. Yeah. And it's then like, it's wow, always a lot of yeah. weasel words like potentially interested. This story is developing. The post will have more as it unfolds. Then is never followed up on ever. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Like the the seven million dollar offer from for Chivas from yes. Chivas for Brandon Vasquez, right? Like that's a story that FC Cincinnati pushes out or yes. is at least like complicit or helpful in pushing out. Right. Cause that makes us look real strong. Right. <laughs> or you're Chivas and you say like, look, we're trying to get, we're trying to get the hot prospect out of MLS. You know, Chivas has, has submitted a competitive offer to bring in this young star, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That, I think it'd be interesting. Um, Ooh, that would be fun. The, the different perspectives. I've always liked this idea. I've stolen this entirely from Dan Carlin. So if you listen to hardcore history, this was a politics idea he had, uh, which is having a front page of like a, a newspaper on a website with a sliding scale of left to right. And you could drag the scale and all of a sudden it would start changing the stories to match like whatever uh, you've slid it to the political leanings. So you could pull it all the way to the right and all of a sudden you're getting Breitbart and you slide it all the way to the left. the, the, The best part about this tool is that like when you drag the slider all the way to the right, 
it just turns into a picture of Hunter Biden's laptop. So you only have to write one story <laughs> and it covers the entirety of anything you would ever need to do. It's just a Hunter Biden laptop slideshow. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to derail this more than it already is. Right. Yeah. But none of us, none of us by the, the laptop was like accidentally left at a, repair shop in new jersey story right like also who repairs a laptop you just throw it away and buy another one like <laughs> especially if you know you have clown. incriminating photos on it it's like here's pictures of me snorting drugs and fucking prostitutes like yeah you just repair that just don't look at anything that's on it like, right no you take a screwdriver you send a couple of holes through the hard drive and you throw it away right. that's or the end of you, that like any upper middle class or upper class individual, you take it to the Apple store and just drop it off there and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of laptop repair guys have uh, what the cell phone number of Rudy Giuliani. That makes sense. So, <laughs> I mean, Rudy's probably dropped a few laptops there in his day. So. <laughs> I don't know. New York's a is a blue city. Maybe you know they're all about recycling and not wasting their e waste. And See, everybody's the, the, <laughs> the other part of the story that doesn't track is I totally believe Rudy Giuliani and Hunter Biden are both desktop computer guys. Like they still have the Gateway Tower <laughs> with the cow print on the yeah. side. Yes, <laughs> and the flying toaster screensaver and shit like that. Like I don't know if Gateway's still around, but I, I just really hope they are. And I hope they haven't gone away from the cow branding. <laughs> gateway was so big back in like the early late 90s early 2000s they were the sponsor of the arena in san francisco it was the gateway cow palace like they sponsored wow. an arena and they still managed to wedge in the cow thing yeah. so that's great <laughs> yeah when you got when you got a brand you got to hammer it hard all I, times uh completely understood well hey how about this speaking of silicon valley startups what uh, a transition apple apple is broadcasting mls matches this season um uh, and we finally last week we we got a taste of the on-air talent now this is their oh you know what would have ooh. been a better transition speaking Please. of things you can watch on hunter biden's laptop damn <laughs> Because it's available on the web, baby. MLS <laughs> is global, all right? This is it's going everywhere. Um no, MLS announced their studio uh, analysts as well as their core group of broadcasters. It does sound like they are still hiring folks, and uh we're we're getting those piecemeal. Uh Adrian uh Oh my gosh, I always mess up. Adrian Healy, he's the broadcaster. Adrian Heath is the coach in Minnesota. Okay, those two, same person in my mind. Um, Adrian Healy uh, just announced that he has been hired on. There's been a couple of other names that have popped up. I believe uh, De La Camera, who does the Union Games or did the Union Games. I believe Taylor he's been Twelman. hired on. Yeah, so Taylor Twelman is... Uh, the big one leading this, as well as a couple of other former players like Marisa Du, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Diego Valeri, and Sasha Kleschen getting their first gigs there. Uh, a couple of other names, uh, Danielle Slayton, Lori Lindsay. Uh, if you've seen any of the extra time or content that MLS has put out, uh, Jillian uh, Sakovitz is going to be doing stuff as well. whole bunch of folks on here. You know what this means based on this list? is that two people as part of the Apple MLS broadcast crew were on the field for the U.S. Open Cup, FC Cincinnati versus New York Red Bull. Wow. 
That's incredible. Bradley Wright Phillips and Sasha Question. Uh, Taylor Twelman commenting on it along with Adrian Healy. So, right, so four people, four people involved in this Apple TV deal were in Nippert Stadium on that night in Cincinnati. That's pretty incredible actually that's pretty awesome um yeah i uh i was pretty impressed with the list i mean they're taking uh they're taking a flyer on a couple of these players uh but i assume they've all had to pass some sort of trial uh anything anything there anything going for anybody um i was happy they just started releasing details because i was starting to get worried that this would just be one of those things where there was no deal and just it was a giant fire fest that we'd all log on to apple tv and there would be no games and we'd all just be eating cheese sandwiches served under a styrofoam container i mean no I, I can't i can't be alone in that right that like that the longer this went on the more i was just sort of like they're not going to get this figured out are they that goes live in two weeks from time of recording we are recording wednesday night peek behind the curtain <laughs> february 1st that is exactly two weeks from today it should be live you'll be able to buy it log in and presumably watch some content of some kind yeah yeah i um i actually listened to a podcast about the deal today mm. and um so you won't watch I, MLS, but you'll listen to podcasts about the MLS TV deal. Well, I gotta get I gotta get ready for for this thing. That's the post, baby. Uh, <laughs> the um, game's about the game. But, so, um, you know, as, as I think we probably said, like all the production is going to be in house by MLS, so they have to use the deal money to yeah. do the production. Um, but it sounds like they don't think the production is going to be that big of a of a percentage of the money they're getting. So it still should be extremely profitable for them. Um, and you know, they, they address the point I think that we've touched on, which is a lot of people have said, well, what about casual fans coming on to the games? And the, the journalist who was on the podcast explained like MLS's ratings have been stagnant for a very long time. And that's including you know, ESPN and Fox putting the games on broadcast uh, stations. And um, uh, they, they've, they've not been getting any, any penetration through that. And one of the yeah. things that they've, one of the things they do that they sell their, their fan base with, which he said that MLS, that soccer and NHL, both like sell to advertisers and sponsors and things that they're, viewers are younger and more tech savvy right yeah so they're thinking that the streaming platform will work for their fan base and it's interesting that actually the u.s national team the women's and men's national teams have now are now putting their friendlies on uh hbo max which means that brandon and roman are going to be on prestige tv Right. <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna be pulling up pulling up the, the HBO Max app to watch the White Lotus and they're gonna see Brandon Vasquez's face and be like, Oh, there's a national team game on right now. Right. It'll start out with an introduction <laughs> with John Oliver saying, Our main story tonight, soccer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is it is weird. I mean the 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 balkanization of the content is a little frustrating, but I'm glad all of our various content creators are are getting paid, hopefully, with this. Oh, stuff. And he made he made the point that uh broadcasters that that soccer fans are like known now. 
that they will pay for a new service to, to get access to to get access to the soccer. So, like, ladies and gentlemen, streaming, they got us. Yeah. <laughs> streaming services, they have our number. Uh, jokes on them. I'm not playing for HBO. I've got Peacock, and so I will watch all the national team games in Spanish. I don't care. <laughs> it's um, it, it one of the, it's a point we made a lot over the summer when we were talking before this deal came out, nobody watches MLS on TV. Like nobody yeah. watches them on ESPN. So it was almost uh, to quote one of the better political minds of our 21st century. What do you got to lose? Um, like, what do you have to lose by putting the games on a streaming platform? But it, nobody was watching them before. Presumably the same nobodies are going to be watching it right now. Right. And most of the concerns about Apple TV and whatnot, I the entire world just figured out how to stream content due to the NFL being on Thursday nights on Amazon. And every bar I went to on Thursday nights had it figured out how to stream. So the idea that it's behind some mystical field that no one will be able to learn, it's like, no, who do you think works at bars? It's people that have streaming services at home for the most part. They'll right. figure this shit out. It's already It's already been figured out. And a, there was a funny thing, though, with the HBO Max deal where apparently there's no like license you can get yeah. to show HBO Max at a commercial establishment. Yes. <laughs> so they don't they don't yeah. offer a, a package. So if people don't know this, uh, bars typically have to pay for some higher package or some higher thing because there are more eyeballs on it and they're trying to recoup the supposed lost revenue of people not getting subscriptions and going to bars. So yeah, a lot of these places offer bars. This is a also different product. One of my, yeah. My, one of my favorite fun facts is that back, not so much now, but years ago, you could get a job where they paid you to drive around to bars on the night of a big fight, like a big boxing fight. Yes. And just walk in see if they were bootlegging the fight or buying like one pay-per-view and showing it on all the TVs. And then you could narc on them, report in, and you got a bounty for every bar <laughs> you found that was showing a fight illegally. They still, they still do this. Um, there was a big well, UFC I want this job. I want to do that. This is what <laughs> I want. There was a, there was a big UFC fight. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the fight, but I know about this, just this incident happening. There was a big UFC fight a couple months ago and a bunch of local bars got sued like the week after the fight for showing it without having paid the appropriate license. Um, and also the same thing happened um, regarding, um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but like Northside Yacht Club mm. got sued and a bunch of like other bars that were doing like karaoke nights or something. And they didn't have a performance license, so they they the, these, the people that own these that own these rights for for these various things still do send uh, rats out. Right. Well, if you to, are to places, if you are these, one of these rats, a holla at your boy. The DMs are open. I would love to be a paid narc <laughs> for for streaming content, and also B, if you can get sued for doing karaoke without a license. Please go down and visit the Blind Pig in Oakley because I guarantee you they're not paying for karaoke licenses. They're running it off like a Dell laptop from 20 years ago. There's there's absolutely no way this is above board down there. So do you think that they'll have like, well, have we heard anything about whether or not MLS is selling special licenses for so, commercial? 
so uh, Tannenwald uh, from the Philly Inquirer said that he had heard Apple and MLS were working with DirecTV to offer a package exclusively to bars so that they could have some form of cable option to tap into for these games. Um I assume that's relatively common with some of the stuff. The way he described it and sort of what I was reading at in the comments uh, kind of made it sound like that this was a, a regular sort of arrangement on these sort of like uh, sports streaming things. Like if you have like a, I guess the NBA, was it League Pass? They used to call it NBA Hardwood and NHL Center Ice. I imagine there's similar arrangements as well. So I think, I think we'll get something. That's unfortunate because I was really looking forward to see if I could be a paid narc going around the bars <laughs> to find out if they were illegally showing soccer matches. Oh, but I'm just waiting but for that, that moral most, dilemma. Northern Rose showing. <laughs> wouldn't that be the most MLS thing ever, though, <laughs> if they were actively out there prosecuting people for illegally showing MLS games? Like, you can't get anyone to watch these games and they're paying people to go around to find out if like, oh, no, this bar is showing MLS content. We have to stop this. <laughs> Well, I can I guarantee you there'd be plenty of MLS fans um, willing to do it, and they'd be shouting about like intellectual property integrity and price <laughs> integrity, and how uh, we have to protect oh. the, if we, we have to protect our clubs because we have to grow the league. No, and no, no, just, no, no, no. They just no, love, love darking on people. No, you're you're all wrong. It wouldn't be MLS fans. It would be pro rel truthers, and they would be do it. They'd be out there at bars. A, because they oppose you watching MLS in the first place because their franchise is not clubs, man. Yeah. And then they could also make some money on the side trying to bring down MLS one bar TV at a time. It'd be nothing but people from the Northern Guard wearing skull gloves, <laughs> and they'd walk in with their smoke bombs, check the TVs to make sure no MLS was on, give everyone the finger and walk out. It would be glorious. And not buy anything. <laughs> and not buy a thing. No, no. Because I'm going to drink a St. Pauli girl in my trunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, did you know? Did you know Detroit had a friendly with St. Pauli? We're sister clubs, man. We we both stand for the same thing. We're opposed to corporate fascists, man. Uh, they're a USL franchise. Just for the record, they are a USL closed league franchise. So. Uh, you lived long enough to see yourself become the villain. Um, I think that's going to do it for FC Cincinnati news. That's all uh, we've got here. I'm sure uh, something will happen, uh, of course, the day we release this, but that's all we can talk about right now. Uh, that'll be it for part one. Part two, I am excited about this. Uh, again, suggestion from the Discord. Link to join in the description. Um went mining for content in the Bailey Facebook page and I've got some gems to bring back uh, to the postcast so we'll we'll uh, we'll see what I found in my goodie bag there part three in the 11 out of the 18 uh, so yeah let's go part two. All right, part two, trying this out. We've gone mining for content in the Bailey Facebook, uh, the depths of the Bailey Facebook page. I will admit, there are two FC Cincinnati fan Facebook pages, and the Bailey one doesn't get as much traction anymore. So a good number of this, a good number of these posts came from uh, the other uh, Facebook page. I will not be naming names. If you want to go back and find this content, that is on you. Maybe 
don't know that the uh, the post sent you to their post. That would be that'd be nice. A little post on post action there. Um, so yeah, the the other two uh, hosts here, Grace and Chief, they've not seen or heard or read any of this, uh, and I am just going to uh, jump at these in random. These were uh, all relatively recent. One's a, a touch older here, uh, but I really liked this one. Uh, this is a post, again, to an FC Cincinnati fan page. Uh, it is about Joseph Martinez moving to Miami. He was uh, moved to Miami. Uh, and this person wrote, wow, Miami going for it. This gives them some more MLS experience. Thoughts? And I just loved this post that the main takeaway from adding Joseph Martinez was Miami getting an MLS veteran. <laughs> <laughs> or that Miami is going for it. Like going for it. They're blatantly breaking the rules every year with their roster. <laughs> They've been going for it since day one. It it, uh, it just, you know, whatever. They get they 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 and LAFC are always gonna get these like extremely shady seeming deals and Miami's already had more than three DPs on their roster. They're doing it again. That's the, that's the takeaway is that the, is that the glamor clubs are going to get whatever they want. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent is too with this idea that like, Oh my God, Joseph Martinez, like Joseph Martinez has not been good for a minute, but everyone, when they hear Joseph Martinez, all right, you, whatever you want to say about Joseph Martinez, he is not the Joseph Martinez of like what, three or four years ago Yeah, when he yeah, was just that is for sure. like absolutely setting MLS on fire. But because of just the time and place where I started really paying attention to MLS, I am always going to think when I hear Joseph Martinez, oh man, that guy's got 20 goals in him. And I'm trying right. to think like who the, who the equivalent of that is in like another sport, almost like, um, like DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, like exactly. I just I just think DeAndre Hopkins, I he's good for a hundred catches, fifteen touchdowns. Like I will not be moved off this take that like <laughs> it's DeAndre Hopkins. Of course he is. Like, no, he's kind of washed now. Or like like I think Zach Grinky signed in Major League Baseball. I'm like, oh Cy Young Award winner, Zach Grinky, this guy. Right. I am um, I, I I had that reaction kind of watching the watching the playoff game last weekend when Sammy Watkins caught the ball. Yes. I was like, holy shit, Sammy Watkins? <laughs> They've got Sammy Watkins on this team? That guy's Sit. fast as hell. It's like he's also been in the league for 15 years at this point, I think. Clemson's Sammy Watkins? <laughs> I believe Buffalo traded like three or four picks to pick number one and grab him. And uh, <laughs> oh, that did not work out. Um, so, yeah, Joseph Martinez, MLS veteran. Maybe the same reason why you'd get a Johnny Nelson is the same reason why you'd go get Joseph Martinez. Ray Gaddis. Uh, <laughs> Ray Gaddis. Yeah, good, good uh, veteran presence back there. Um, I really, really liked this post because on one hand, I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is kind of a nice PSA. And then things went very sideways in the comments. So uh, it just starts off with parking, period. So, okay, we've got our title. Uh, this, is, I want, this is scintillating. <laughs> I want to implore folks to be careful parking in this area. And he has circled a map uh, that is basically all of the houses uh, right up against John Street that are basically butting up right up against the stadium. Uh, went to, uh, to be careful parking in this area during the upcoming season, particularly in the circled area. The residents there are right to be upset. 
there was little to no consideration oh, see, given. This, this, this wasn't where I was going. Usually when they say you shouldn't park on John Street, that's for an entirely different reason. Oh, no. This goes even in a weirder direction here. They get home from work to park in front of their place, and it's filled with FCC fan cars. I could very easily imagine going down there right now and seeing resident parking only signs like they've placed an OTR. And this is where we get a hint of what happens. But maybe we can solve this without government intervention? Question mark. The comments are filled with people saying, hey, it's a public street. I can park my car on public street. And this guy going on. We want to make sure we keep this cool so the government doesn't get involved in regulating the parking here. He is a he is a <laughs> a libertarian first and foremost and is doing everything he can to have a free market approach to this problem for these for these residents instead of government parking passes being issued. <laughs> keep big government out of parking. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> you, ever, you, you ever see this? You ever see those videos from like the Libertarian National Convention? Yes. Where it's like, <laughs> no, they, 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 it's it's just a bunch of freaks just trying to one up each other. Yes. Like the platform like, you know, policy suggestions. Like, yeah. Like a guy would come out and be like, well, I think you should probably have to be licensed to drive. And somebody just, people just start screaming at him. And they're like, what's next? Being licensed to, 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 to microwave my food or something. Like they just say yeah. like crazy, like random stuff, you know? And yeah, yeah, what? Might need a, might need a license on a gas stove here in the future if right wing Facebook is fully believed. <laughs> um, I, I forget what the, ah, man, that sucks. Cause I, whatever the line the guy said was, was so so funny um but yeah i mean maybe the government maybe they should put resident parking stuff is because if if, yeah. if they don't have resident parking signs there people can park there yeah I mean, this is what happens I mean, in the city man it's the a real, public street uh, the, the real untold story here it's like talking about burying the lead it's like maybe they should get resident parking permits like they have in over the rhine and i thought to myself huh I wonder what the difference between over the Rhine getting resident parking permit stickers and the mm. West End not having resident parking stickers. Uh, I mean, because they're right, ne they're right next to each other. You would think they'd be treated similarly in terms of how the residents get amenities in these various neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, and that is ultimately where the conversation went, which was people saying, well, yeah, if it is a problem, then the government should step in. That's why we have a city government. And then him just saying like, no, 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 no we don't need to get them involved, um, which, which I thought was I mean, great. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks government involvement is. Does he think it's going to be like AFTAB with like a barricade stopping people from parking there? Do you want private parking enforcement? Like, does anybody like the tow company that tows cars from private lots if they're one minute past their ticket or whatever like those are the worst i think we all agree those are the worst people right like i don't um, want them in charge of everything but maybe they should be i mean can you imagine a world where like when the parking meter expires by one minute your car just gets put on a hook and just dragged off i'll bet people would be a lot more punctual about getting their car off the meter if that was happening i like that that's allowed like if if somebody is trespassing in my property, I don't think I'm allowed to impound them, <laughs> right? Like I can't impound their shoes. Oh, you've left your shoes by my front door for too long. You pay me two hundred dollars, I'll unlock this this crate and you can get them. 
I mean, isn't Elon Musk going to solve this issue anyway when we can just push a button and the cars just drive themselves away when they've been parked illegally? I mean, the future is electric Ubers that drive themselves, and then we can finally rid ourselves of car ownership and the the great masters of industry can own all of our cars. Anyway. And finally, Ricky Pooge will be happy. Yes. <laughs> the urbanist dream has come true. Um, I, this think one, gonna, I think I'm going to park there this year at one game just to piss this guy off, I think. I, <laughs> and I'm going to put a note on my car because my car is already a pile of shit anyway. It's like, if you don't want my car parked here, please call City Hall and demand <laughs> residential parking solutions. Yes, phone number directly to the uh, the appropriate council member. <laughs> um, so this one is, uh, I, I will admit, this is a visual gag. Um, Great radio. But uh, I, I think I think I can get this across. Wait, 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 wait. I just remember. I just remembered something. So when you said the do not parking thing, yeah. and the guy was like, "Here's a map. Don't park here." It reminded me of when like Glenn Beck held that rally in Washington, D.C., and they were passing maps around of like dangerous parts of Washington, D.C. to all these people going. And it was just like maps of Washington, D.C. And it was like it was basically like, don't take the subway. Don't go to like any parts within the city. You know, get a get a cab to the Washington Mall and like don't leave. <laughs> like if I was a resident, I'd be I'd absolutely pass that map out. It's like, please, whatever you yeah. do, don't take the subway. For the love of God, don't make the it more crime. is dangerous. The green line is dangerous. The red right. line is dangerous. They're all do, dangerous. Not, do not go to DuPont Circle, especially these seven restaurants that I usually like to go to. <laughs> right, right. Please don't do not go to my gin bar on South yeah. Southeast. Right. <laughs> For the love of God, do not go to Karen uh, Ethiopian up on Florida Avenue. It's the worst ever. <laughs> Uh, so, so this one is, uh, excuse, excuse the crudeness, but I redid the FC Cincinnati crest. What do you think? And what we have here is an image. Is it had a dick or something? What do you mean crudeness? <laughs> no, no, the crudeness is in the craftsmanship as in, I feel pretty confident a six year old could have, could have done a, a better job can, here. Can you, can you just send it? Can you send it in the group chat so that we can both just react to the picture? Is that a possibility? Yes, I can. Let me pull up the Discord and uh, drop okay. it in here. So. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Did you make this out of construction this is paper? Great. So this person has clearly letters from a serial killer note. Right? <laughs> so, so my best way but to describe he, this he, is he clearly clipped out just the lion because the lion is like off a picture of the real logo. And then just yep. made every other part of it shittier. It's uh, <laughs> it's taking your classic Crayola washable markers and drawing a very crude, very generic soccer crest that looks vaguely like the old USL one. It does uh, on the old one with the new Gary. Right. Yeah. It's basically the old one with the new Gary, big in the middle, but then printed off FC Cincinnati in all caps in impact font and cut it out, but cut it out in such a way that it kind of makes like a bend in the top it's awful it's real bad <laughs> what i don't also get too is that okay so there's a c the second c in cincinnati yes. is at the apex of the crest and there are one two three four five <laughs> there's six letters to the right but there's only one two there's 
only five letters to the left. There's six. There's six characters to the left. Oh, though, so you're right? spaces. Space. Yeah. So it is like equidistant. I suppose. But because the space is there, it doesn't look equidistant at all. <laughs> it looks really. It looks so janky. And then the cutout Gary looks just beyond awful. Like a different like, color of orange than everything else. It's like half of the little field that he has drawn. So half the field is again like Crayola washable marker, and the other half is cutout Gary. It's very bad. It's I don't want to go. Bad. I don't want to know this guy's name. And like, look, if you're listening, man, don't take it personally. I've done dumber shit, but this isn't very good. No, 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 no. If you are listening right now, I need you to get into the post DMs. I want to put this on a shirt and sell it. Yes. I, I want you to I redo wanna... every crest in MLS. No, I, no, I, I, no, no, no. I just want this one. Just I want this shirt. I want to wear this shirt, and I want people to to see me walking around FC Cincinnati games in this shirt and wonder, like, did did he make that himself? Like, did... that, that would be kind of a funny bit to do, like a Bizarro Superman version of the uh, FC Cincinnati jersey, where it's all kind of like clipped together like like you said like serial killer uh ransom note style but it's the crest <laughs> so like this is like a super super specific reference and i don't know if anyone else you put the name on the back in like all lowercase letters <laughs> <laughs> slightly different fonts <laughs> do either one of you remember on instagram does that name ring a bell to either one of you no, no. He, he was Damn. the dude that you, uh, Jonah, Mamey, and I used to trade his Instagram posts. He used to make a post for every single <gasps> FC Cincinnati yes! home game. Oh my and God, they were, yes. Like, the cheesiest. He would Photoshop <laughs> a picture of himself yes! into the image. <laughs> oh, like, he was so enthusiastic. <laughs> like they were, the, they were the worst, but he was such a fan and he was so excited about this shit. And his Instagrams were just awful, but they were hilariously bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next idiot. Uh, the next one, I liked this one, Chief. You'll appreciate you'll appreciate what where this one it starts zigging and then it zags right at the end and it's gonna it's gonna annoy you. Um, okay, my husband and I are looking to join a supporters group for this year. Oh, okay, fantastic, fantastic, yeah. Which ones are coming back this year? Pros, cons, the ones you've been in. Currently looking at Pride and Norden. Any others? Question mark. Fantastic post. Yeah, good love question. where this is going. Love where your head's also, at. Also, there's no others. Yeah, that is pretty much those are the two That's you it. need to worry about. Right. Uh, but then this comment, and I will leave this oh, person's God. name oh, blank because you know oh, this person. Don't think you have to choose. Be a part of each culture. Try them out. It's okay. We're all rooting and cheering for the same team, anyways. He goes on to say, "I'm kind of a part of three or four. This is this is this is not what joining a supporters group is, my guy. It would be real nice if you bought a membership that keeps the whole damn thing afloat. Going out and drinking with the supporters, while yes, a good way to trial run whatever group you're looking at, is is not the same as joining the the supporters group. And it's just it's so close. But it just misses the mark enough to have been absolutely pointless. <laughs> just try, try them out. You know, I'm kind of a member of two or three. Look, this is where I get on my soapbox a little bit about SGs and supporters groups. And look, yes, I understand that supporters groups might not be for everyone. You might not need to be someone that is singing in the Bailey or playing an instrument or whatever it is. 
But A, supporters groups are a lot more than that. And if you haven't looked at joining one or you're like, oh, you know, they think they're better than everyone or they're elitist fans or they're rowdy or whatever. Not really. We're all a bunch of nerds that start podcasts and remember random Instagram follows that we had from four years ago. Um, Yes. It's fun. It's part of a community. And it's just soccer is more fun with people that also like soccer. So join if you want other people to watch soccer with and hang out and talk soccer with. If you already have those people, get all your friends together and join together as a little group of friends um, or a big group of friends. And even if you're not interested in being part of the supporters group culture, spend 20 bucks and join one. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you are invested enough in FC Cincinnati to spend hours listening to the three of us talk nonsense (laughs) into a microphone. If you've listened to us review Avatar and United (laughs) Passions and 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 victory, if you are actually listening when we do in the 11 out of the 18 and it's longer than the soccer content, if you've made it this far. Join a supporters group. It's 20 bucks. You can throw the scarf away if you don't need another FCC scarf, but be part of funding the TIFOs, the banners, the smoke, the revelry, the beers and the pre-match, the parties, the events that build the fan culture in this city. And, you know, like and subscribe the podcast and spread that around too. That also helps build the fan base too. But but mostly, mostly join an SG. Spend 20 bucks. Even if you never show up, even if you don't sit in the Bailey, spend $20. And then you know what you can do? You know what your $20 really buys you? Um, It buys you the ability from whatever seat you're sitting in. When the TIFO goes up, you can look to your friends and smugly say, yeah, I'm a member of one of the SGs. You know, my my funds help pay for that. Or those player banners look so cool. Well, you know, I'm in an SG. My membership dollars help pay for that. (laughs) You can smugly take credit for everything that's going on in the stadium, yes. never lifting a paintbrush, never hoisting a banner, never hitting a drum, never singing a song. And all that takes for that smug feeling of superiority to your fellow fans, or not even superiority, but just to be able to say that you contributed is $20. That's it. And we'll mail you a scarf for the privilege too. Or yes. they will. I'm not affiliated with any supporters group. So, <laughs> oh come on, don't sell the war pig short. It's a, well, it's a thriving SG, delightfully unofficial. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I completely co-sign. And um, yeah, uh, I don't think a lot of people realize, but like, yeah, the uh, the po- the folks that are like playing instruments and singing and leading the songs, those are all volunteers. Like they actually pay for tickets to be there. They they are paying their own way to not watch the games, help lead the chance so um no they uh they they do that all of the kindness of their heart so yeah a couple bucks to the supporters groups helps keeps the uh the atmosphere going uh pays for a couple smoke bombs at least my god i don't think people realize a smoke bomb costs about 20 bucks so you're watching a membership go every time one of those go off so uh yeah contribute um finally last one here uh i really liked this one again Bailey Facebook page. This is a page dedicated to the hardcore FC Cincinnati fans. You've found your way into a fun fan page dedicated to your favorite soccer team, local soccer team, I assume. And this one is Wrexham's Lee's goal just now was unbelievable. Wow. (laughs) It's on Peacock now. (laughs) I I fucking love it. It's just... I stumbled into a portion of Twitter that's really mad about Wrexham. Like, it's a very weird underbelly of people who are, you are 
rooting and following this team from the uh, the National League in England, I never want to hear you complain that the, the quality of play in MLS is bad if you're watching this. Yes, and I, I think that's very fair criticism. On, on, on one hand, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, you don't tell me how to be a fan. But on the other hand, yeah, I, I, he's right. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's sports is narrative. That's what makes it fun. It's a narrative that you have a stake in because presumably it is your hometown or or some other connection that you have forged with some team. And it's it's characters, it's plot, it's it's narrative. And soccer tells interesting, compelling stories, as many sports do, as many products do. And that's all it is. And yes, Wrexham was a very glossy narrative packaged very neatly and very easy to consume. But the Wrexham story is also being told at Dagenham and Redbridge, one of the teams that they play there, at Wycombe, one of the other teams they play there, at FC Cincinnati, at Columbus Crew, at Louisville City. So, yes, it is nice that it was made digestible and easy to uh, consume. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you needed to tell FC Cincinnati fans about a goal you saw about, again, a fourth division English soccer team, <laughs> Welsh soccer team. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it it just cracked me up. That's what the Bailey Facebook page is talking about right now. But, so, hey, well, if you're, it's if, weird because... No, nobody else seems to be doing that. Like I'm, I'm scrolling through the page, and it's like literally the only post that I found that is just like <laughs> this random ass soccer game is on TV, and a guy just scored a goal. <laughs> right, and it took like a while for somebody to post the highlights in the comments, and I'm pretty sure it was them taking a video of their TV. So it was really good. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be one thing. It'd be like, hey, good game alert. You know, turn on ESPN. There's a fun whatever game on. No, that is not that is not what they're doing on the, uh, it's a, the group it's a full It's a full mood when people use Facebook like Twitter or Reddit <laughs> like Twitter. And it's yes. like, my mans, there's already an app for this. Go someplace else. The algorithm will sort in such a way that I won't see this for three months. And then in three months, Facebook will pull it up and be like, you want to see this post, right? Like, no, no it's, it's no. best to. Can't, can't say that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That is, that is your Bailey Facebook page. Uh, mine uh, that I went on. Um, I don't know. I think we found some good ones. It's a good, good reminder of what's going on there. Also, this does remind me, I have a joke on our website in that we have social links. It has to our Twitter, has to the Discord, has to a couple other things. And um, there's a link to Facebook. And if you click it, it goes to the Bailey Facebook page. And nobody has told me that they thought that was funny. So I just assume nobody is clicking any Facebook social <laughs> links anywhere. But um, yeah, that's a fun, it's a fun Easter egg if anybody ever gets around to clicking that. So they there won't. you go. I wouldn't either. Um, <clears throat> that's going to do it for part two. Part three and the 11 out of the 18. Think we can wrap it up and get out of here? All right, we're back. This is where it's going to get a little less soccer. Uh, but does anybody, <laughs> anybody, I mean, maybe it'll be soccer. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are putting in your 11s or out of your 18s. But uh, is anybody chomping at the bit to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Because mine, mine are soccer related. And I don't think they're going to lead into any tangents. <laughs> uh, in, in, in my 11 is uh, uh, Chris Richards. 
Okay. Uh, he's been, he's been, you know, uh, injured for the U S men's national team. Uh, he's had a little bit of a tough go of it over in Europe, but today he got a start against Manchester United and by the highlights I saw he was balling out and, you know, like he, he chased down Marcus Rashford. Um, there's this really cool, um, sequence where he runs basically the full length of the field, uh, step, step to step with, uh, Anthony, who's like a 95 million pound transfer to Manchester United. Yeah. Um, you know, ends up, you know, doesn't get beat ends up making a great tackle to knock the ball out of bounds. And, you know, it was just him, you know, he saved a breakaway from one of the top attackers in the world right now. Um, and this is, you know, the type of thing that we've wanted to see from him as men's national team fans for a while. And hopefully it gives him the confidence moving forward to finally, you know, be a regular contributor for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. I mean, it would be nice to have any regular contributors in the Premier League right now, because I think Christian Pulisic is hurt again. So good on him. Um, yeah, no, the more the merrier over there. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited to see him doing well, and I know there was a tiny chance he could have made that World Cup roster. He was just coming back uh, healthy around that time. It was a shame he couldn't make it. Um, so yeah, no, excited to see where where he goes. And yeah, he's a very promising player. So no, happy to hear he's doing well. I don't watch a lot of Premier League these days, so happy to hear he's doing well. And out of my 18 is Yoan uh, Demay. <laughs> Good. announced announced as an assistant coach for the columbus crew and you know what fuck him <laughs> grayson i'm pretty sure this was my out of my 18 last week as well so i'm glad we're getting it sorry well he's been officially announced <laughs> oh okay okay he's good. officially out of the 18 now we're done with him now <laughs> Well, hey, I'm not going to – do not let me stop you from shitting on Columbus, DeMay, any any of the above. But, yeah, that is, uh, again, a little bit of a head scratch. That guy keeps getting coaching jobs. Uh, he must crush it in an interview, which always makes me wonder, like, how do coaches fuck up interviews? Because I feel like I would just walk in and hand them, like, all the games I won and the good players that played under me and been like – I did these things. Like, I don't know how you walk in and be like, I think we're going to, we're going to play a really shitty offensive scheme. I'm thinking we don't score a lot of goals. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, maybe we let the players pick where they're going to play all week. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know how a guy screws up a, a interview, but here we are. So, uh, chief, you, you dying to put something in the 11 out of the 18 or no, I can go. I'm, I'm dying because I think Xavier just lost this game and it's annoying. Um, Oh. To DePaul, fuck DePaul, really terrible. You'll beat UConn, you'll beat all these good teams, and you'll go on the road to lose to DePaul. These guys are bums. Fire Sean Miller out of my eighteen. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I uh, remember losing to DePaul. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. God, really ranked eighth in the country, and that's what you do. All right, um, all right, we'll get it together here. Uh, in the 11, <laughs> video game to film adaptations. Uh, the Last Ooh. of Us premiered on HBO and was shockingly good, which okay. I you would not expect that because most things when you make something based on a video game are absolute trash. 
Um, yes. I actually paid real money to watch one of the Resident Evil films growing up, which I horrendously <laughs> regret. And it's just this weird thing where I don't know what it is. Like, I was trying to think in my head what the best video game adaptation is to other media. And Super Mario Brothers movie. Obviously, besides Super <laughs> Mario course, Brothers, obviously. Of course. <laughs> um, I wanted to say Street Fighter just because Raul Julia, that was his last movie, and he was just hamming it up the entire time that was going on. That was That's outstanding. a fun movie. That's a fun movie, too. The, um, the quote where he talks about uh, when uh, Bison came to your village and slaughtered everyone, that was the most important day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. One yes. of the most savage lines in film history. <laughs> but um, The Last of Us and video games in uh, the 11 this week, because that was outstanding. And if you've played the game, you know the story is going to get better. And it's definitely worthwhile uh, to watch. So watch it. It's good. I like it. Gets my uh, vote of approval. That's in the 11 for me. Oof. I, I don't... I don't like video game adaptations as a principle. Yes, they don't tend to go very well because most of the time the the folks doing the adapting have absolutely no respect for the original content. Like the the Halo TV series that came out on Paramount, uh, the writers all said that they didn't read any of the books, didn't play the games. They just they liked the aesthetics and they they got the basics of the the story, but then of like the setting, but then told their own story. And it was very clearly that you could have just told that story like with the modern military U.S. like in Afghanistan. It wasn't a, a, a Halo story. It's very frustrating. But no, I like I've had this theory that. As humans go through time, we evolve our storytelling narratives, and it's not good to take something that is ahead of the scale and work backwards. So if you think of like a written story to a play to a movie to a video game is one idea of watching things move in that direction or maybe a written to, yeah, to radio, to TV, whatever, um, to go backwards just undoes so much of what you've worked with like a a radio drama as a book isn't going to be as compelling shouldn't be as compelling you're taking away audio elements a movie done as a podcast shouldn't be as good it should be a less compelling product a less compelling story um and so yeah if you view video games as the next evolution of storytelling media you don't want it to see it go backwards it it is not respecting video games as a storytelling medium. So there you go. Gonna, That's my I'm take. Gonna, I'm going to piss people off with this <laughs> statement. Um, but um, so the the folks behind this Last of Us show, which maybe it's good. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. It's like the same people. It's the same people who made uh, who wrote uh, Chernobyl. Yes. Yes. And like Chernobyl was like an incredibly like well made show. Like it looked great and the yeah. actors did a great job. It was written like a Wikipedia article. <laughs> it was so fucking boring. And so many scenes where like people being like, as you all know, we're Russian and we work at a nuclear power plant. And this is what your job is. You have this job at the nuclear power plant and you have that job at the nuclear. It was just like people having conversations that are just pure information dumps. I mean, they're all telling each other stuff they already know about what their jobs are and who they are. I just assumed that was because Russians are just a very literal people. 
<laughs> um, it's a cultural thing yes yeah so i i just i just don't know man i, I just I, I couldn't i can't get it up for it that being said i have only heard good things about the last of us and <laughs> me too just, yeah. yeah yeah just not it's it, i i respect being the guy where so i'm committed to the take so much i won't even watch something that otherwise is very good it's like i'm never gonna watch breaking bad why because I've made a portion of my personality on being the guy that's never watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> if you've made it, I don't know, to the age 30 and you've never seen Star Wars, you can't give in. You have no, to just, you have to maintain that. You're just a horse shit person if that's you. <laughs> you, you know what? This is, this is just totally random, but it's something that is, I've been thinking about. Something I'm really tired of with, with TV now is like people, shows wanting us to know how smart they are. So they like tell us about like what tropes and things that they're that they're doing so that we know like, yes, they're doing the tropes, but they know they're doing tropes and it's actually like smarter somehow. Right. And I'm like, no, I just want to have a good time, man. And, like uh, Sons of Anarchy would never do that. There is a, uh, a you know, great. That's a dumb show, but better than like <laughs> most smart shows. I... I prefer a show to take itself seriously in earnestness. That's what you get with a Michael Bay movie is like the movie is absurd, but it takes itself seriously. And that's what sells it. You can't have someone like Ryan Reynolds or the rock who are like so self-conscious or like self-aware that they're in a Michael Bay movie because it undoes the universe that they were in completely agree. Um, also modern TV shows do this where I saw a great tweet. And I, I can't find it again. So if somebody finds it, please send it to me. Uh, but they were making a comparison to like 90s TV to today. Whereas 90s TV, if you had a show called Surf and Dracula, every episode would be about Dracula surfing and whatever the problem was could only be solved by Dracula surfing. And if you made the Netflix version of Surf and Dracula, the entire first season would be Dracula like leaving the castle, getting in a fight. And the final scene of the final episode would be him like picking up a surfboard for the first time like oh wow we've we finally made it it's like i want surfing dracula like give, me, like, give me the stuff it was like this, <laughs> the simpsons did a parody one time of the show night rider where it was night boat where it was like night rider except on a boat but the, the gimmick was is that every time they needed to solve a crime there was always a place for the boat to go it's like it's like he's getting away well quick turn down that fjord right there and we can cut him off it's like, right <laughs> it does oh. feel like they waste a lot of time like making the character get to the point that that we're actually interested in them when right. I'm perfectly happy just starting with like the moment the character's interesting and moving on from there yeah and Tell i'll take it on faith i'll take it on faith that there's a backstory right and you can even tell the backstory through compelling scenes in the future meeting an old friend or some incident in their past comes back to haunt them you don't need to tell everything you can just kind of sprinkle it in as you go um are you putting anything out of your 18 there chief yeah. i don't think Xavier. we got there losses <laughs> of paul like they're terrible like it doesn't matter where you play this game they could play this game on the moon and xavier should still win god it's so stupid i understand that grayson doesn't get it because his team is horse shit and they haven't won a game since like the, the obama administration um, like 28 straight big east losses yeah Oof. 
Yeah, their, their first win will be Xavier at this point. That's an inexcusable loss. Um, out of the 18, rough. the Cincinnati Reds. Um, yes. I don't know if you guys saw this, but our old pal, drunk Uncle Phil Castellini is back at it uh, oh. this weekend, giving a PowerPoint presentation to a group of the most committed Reds fans about why it will be impossible for this team to ever compete in the current baseball economics, giving a slideshow that showed a chart that over 10 teams in the National League each year are mathematically eliminated from competition before the season is even played or some shit like that. Jesus Christ. And um, joked about how he hates giving guaranteed contracts out because nobody should ever be paid not to do their job. So we're not going to do guaranteed contracts anymore, which is tough because all baseball contracts are guaranteed. So I don't know how he's exactly going to do that. And everyone he, gets uh, options, I guess. <laughs> but, um, all I could think of was just how excited everyone at FC Cincinnati is every time Phil Castellini opens his mouth, because that is just another person that's like, well, I think I might just go look at FC Cincinnati tickets instead, because the Reds seem hell bent on pissing every single person in this city who might be inclined to buy a ticket just directly off. Why? piss off your fans i understand no like thinking that's the case think that you're never gonna make it think that you can't do this which i completely disagree with but fine take that at face value why would you tell people you think that <laughs> right I, like but... when you try to convince people that like you have a smart GM making smart decisions and we're building towards a better and brighter future. So support your red legs because these are the guys that are going to lead us to the championship in the next couple of years. I don't know. Just like basic shit. I would say he's trying to sell the team, but I don't think devaluing the team is the best way to get your money back. Unless you've got, unless you've got a show that uh, there's no fan support here in Cincinnati any longer. So we have to relocate the team because no one's paying to buy, like almost like a major league type thing where they're right. going to make the team so bad. We're going to move them to Miami. Oof. So do the Reds go to Charlotte or do they go to Portland? <laughs> where, where are we Na thinking? Nashville. Nashville has been mentioned yeah. as an expansion city. So, okay. yeah. In the yeah. market, so to speak, that's still Reds country ish. Oh, <laughs> not great. It's um what I, what I yeah. love most about it more than anything else is just that like, if they're not actively trying to kill the fan base, why do you keep letting this guy talk? Right. Like, why is this guy ever allowed to say anything other than the fact that he's the owner's kid? And even then, shouldn't the old man know enough to be like, hey? somebody else you've yeah. you've kind of lost your speaking privileges now at this point right how do you not hire a pr person and just like have have the pr person tell the pr things oh my god it's awful it's because really the other thing too is that people need to wake up and realize that mike brown is not the devil any longer the bengals are winning so there's a long way to fall if you're a bad owner in this town because the basement he's moved out of the basement now he's got his own place there's it's room down there it's not just that like Mike Brown's not the devil. People like Katie. Yeah. Yes. People they really like do. Katie. <laughs> so like it's 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 moved farther than even than even that, right? Yeah. 
I it is interesting, and the the Bengals have made a lot of good, smart decisions. They haven't fixed all of their problems, but they have they have fixed a lot of the like institutional problems with the franchise. Um, but yeah, the Reds, man, like I don't know, sell sell a portion of the team to the Saudi uh, state fund, sovereign fund. Come on, let's get let's get whatever uh, Dubai Jet, the discount right. discount airline, to to <laughs> sponsor the sleeves, and let's go, baby. <laughs> let's capture some market share. Let's do this. Come on, you're telling me uh, one of these Gulf states don't want a piece of the Major League Baseball pie? Come on, that could be fun. You can play the Winter Classic or the uh, what is it, the World Baseball Classic in. Uh, Riyadh every year it'll be a good time no good yeah. good out of the 18 um pro rel for mlb huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe um nine right. and ten depaul was eight and ten before this game how do you lose this how do they win eight games they were eight and a half point favorites in this game this is this is this is a this is horrible this is a tragedy <laughs> I'm sure all what 450 students at DePaul that went to the game thoroughly enjoyed that. it. Sule Boom, one of twelve shooting tonight. How do you? How are you that bad? Like, unless <laughs> you spent let all you day, take the twelfth shot. Right, how, unless you spent all day eating Giordano's pizza and we're just bloated. Like, there's no excuse <laughs> for being that poor in a game. Oh my god! Um, oh, sa- Saturday. Saturday is when the 28 game uh, losing streak comes, can end. comes to an end. Comes to an end. Yeah, I know. Now I'm like, ex- there's existential terror about that game. Now, like, if you can lose to DePaul, you can lose to anyone. Are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Do you have, do you have a ticket? I'll go. I, I might. Let me let me talk to Mrs. Chief and find out if she wants to go or not. All right, I'll, I'll be in touch. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Um, in my 11 out of my 18 are going to be one and the same. I will, I will spoil that right away. Uh, our, our family and even some of the extended family is in the midst of planning a Disney vacation. And if anybody has ever gone through this exercise, uh. it is it is a uh, it is a freaking process trying to wrangle the opinions the wants and needs of 13 people to sort out which hotel everybody's budgets and then once we get there you know we're going to have to get itinerary set parks going in the right direction I, it'll be fun i assume i hope i hope it'll be fun but uh, it is such a giant pain in the ass. I cannot think of a human activity that you do as an adult in the United States that requires so much thorough planning and executing that isn't like, I don't know, your own career path or college. Like, I can't, it's like right up there with like having to scheme out the best things. People sell books that are dozens of dollars on how best to plan a Disney vacation. There are millions and millions of hours of YouTube videos on how best to execute a Disney vacation. There is so much pressure that uh, it's, I, I think it's a miracle that there aren't murders every single day at Disney World for parents mad at ungrateful children, at family members, at family members' throats. This is such a stressful Time-consuming exercise, and I just cannot think of a comparison. So I come to you two, 
is there a comparison to planning and executing a Disney vacation that I am missing that is the equivalent in the adult life? The only thing I can think of is planning which college you're going to go to and the courses that you then select subsequently. <laughs> I would say probably. Um, oh, good. No, go ahead. I was going to say probably buying a car, buying a house, right. large shopping, life investments <laughs> and shopping for insurance all at the same right. time, Right. where it's like all the fun of having to go to like a dealership and deal with the slimy car salesman. And then when yes. you finally decide what you want to buy, getting shuffled back off to the finance office where they want to talk to you about undercarriage packages and VIN <laughs> etching and shit like that. And just knowing because when you walk into a car dealership, you know, I, this is going to be a miserable experience. I'm going yep. to get taken to the cleaners. I'm going to have to pay too much money for this. And at the end of the day, I'm going to talk to doing something I don't want to do and be not real thrilled with the outcome. Yes. But also it'll be fun to drive a new car. Yeah. And there'll be some new features that I like, and this one will connect to my phone automatically. And you know, the windows will roll up without duct tape. And this is, this is just exciting so you eventually, after all the stress, you do kind of enjoy the new car smell a little bit. Yeah. Um, I it's just I I marvel at I love Disney World just as a concept. I don't have any desire to go to Disney World. I would go if it was free and I could just wander around and see other people. Adult yeah. Disney people fascinate me as well. <laughs> the history yes. of Disney World fascinates me. Um, if you've never actually looked it up. Uh, Google the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, which yes. is what Epcot stands for, and realize that Disney, Walt Disney, the old man before he croaked, was planning on building kind of a corpo fascist empire that would not have looked out of place in a dystopian science fiction novel. In fact, doesn't look out of place in a dystopian science fiction because yes. the design for Epcot Center was the basis for Midgar, the evil city in Final Fantasy VII, run by an evil corporation. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, it, it was half realized in the, uh, in the city of Celebration, where they did actually create a, uh, a Walt Disney town, although it did not quite reach the, uh, the heights that Walt had originally envisioned there. But you, and you've got to respect everything about it, about how... It is this purpose-built location designed to monetize every aspect yes. while simultaneously appealing to the sense of nostalgia among the adults and yes. making the kids feel like this is the most wonderful thing in the world. And in the middle of an area of Florida that was swampland and bugs, they turned this into. And yes. you just, you, you, the audacity of the fact that people still fly down there for multi-thousand dollar vacations. Oh. I'm in awe of it as, a, as a, just a a student of corporate life. Oh, <laughs> they got us hook, line and sinker. Let me tell you, I, there was a, uh, there was a point where I, I had to, I don't know. I always get those, uh, the reviews. I always hate reviewing people. I hate reviewing customer service reps. I hate reviewing how somebody did. I think it's awful. I, I despise it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, got a review for one of the customer service people we've been working with. I just wrote back, like, you have my childhood memories by the balls. Like, <laughs> I didn't really have another option here to, to to scratch the itch that I am looking to scratch here. Like, it's like when airline companies are like, oh, did you enjoy your flight? Like, let us know how you did, how we did. It's like, I don't know. If it were 50 bucks cheaper, I would have flown with somebody else. Like, it really wasn't about you. <laughs> 
this isn't this isn't quite the same thing, but like one of my one of my pet peeves is, or I guess like a, something that you're always going to be careful about, right? Is when you try to try to plan a group trip with like adults, yeah, and you haven't traveled together before. Oh yeah, you find out everybody's like, you find out who's like a really uptight traveler, and you know people start they'd be like, okay, well I will take breakfast on this day and i'm going to make a chart and everybody everybody takes a meal or they'll be like i want to go grocery shopping if you want anything uh from the grocery store let me know i'm making a list right because right. people like want to like over plan and meal plan and stuff and then it becomes like so weird because it's like you know do we how are we how, like, do i have to now worry about how we're like splitting the money for all this food and shit yeah and it's like i just want to go and like chill out right and you know we're gonna be like drinking and hanging out and maybe we'll just decide we want to order pizza or something right you know, but oh we already grocery shopped and we meal planned and it's just it's the just whatever's like, so, gonna go bad yeah yeah it's it always you know it always ends up being it always ends up being a nice time because you're usually going with friends right but like i feel like so much of my life personally and professionally is trying to limit the number of like conversations that i have to have <laughs> about stuff and if if i if i'm traveling with you please please try not to make me have like all types of conversations about like who's got what meal or right. you know over micromanaging activities or like i i don't know it's just too much like it Give me, yeah. give me options and ask me to choose, right? right. Or just make right. a choice or just make a choice or, or just relax. Right. Right. You really do need like a leader as it were, which is, I don't know if you have strong feelings about communalism, it, it might, it might rub you the wrong way, but it does remind me of uh, an experience I had again on a family vacation, but uh, last year went with uh, a family down to Tennessee not Nashville, but we uh, went grocery shopping with my brother. And I don't know, the last time me and my brother went grocery shopping, we might have been like 10 or something. I don't know when we both would have gone grocery shopping before. But the experience of going grocery shopping with somebody you don't go grocery shopping with and you're like trying to buy things for like the week is a very weird experience. And you get such a weird insight into how their mind works and how their life is. Like you see them reach for things that you never in a million years would have bought. Like I remember he grabbed some something off the shelf. And in my mind, I was like, I genuinely didn't think human beings bought that. Like that's just not a thing people eat. I was always confused as to why they kept selling that. Uh, but no, he's buying boxes of it. So yeah, it's a it's a weird experience, and I'm looking forward to uh, knowing my family members uh, more than I I'd, I'd like to. So that'll be fun. Look, looking forward to this. So maybe maybe a postcast from Disney World will will happen. We'll see. The happy, we'll see the if we keep it going. Postcast on Earth. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't check to see if we're playing Orlando. It's just really second, we, second week of the season. Yeah, okay. So it, not not gonna happen then. I'll no. tell you that much. It's it's a little more a little more foresight into the uh, the planning here. I mean, there you go. That's the, the, in my eleven and and out of my eighteen. You also have to imagine too that there's probably gonna get some looks from the family if you're bailing on a Disney vacation. Like everyone's gonna go to some exotic like Disney restaurant for dinner, and you're like, sorry, I gotta go to an MLS game between Cincinnati and Orlando City. 
<laughs> right, right. Or, uh, or worse, there's a, you know, some lovely fireworks display going on and I've just got my phone up watching us get, you know, our dicks kicked in by, by Orlando <laughs> or whatever. Um, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. No, 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 no. We're better now. We would be doing the dick kicking. That's worth missing some fireworks for. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's in our 11s. That's out of our 18s. That, that's a postcast, baby. There we go. Um, yeah, that's all we got. I don't know. I don't, I never know how to end these things other than to hope that Chief says fuck the crew and then I just hit it. Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.